ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another Distrial to Confusion Thursday Night Hangout. What's up? That was, that was weird. Uh, I think I'm spent. Oh, no. Ladies and gentlemen, of course, I am your host, Charlie, and I'm joined once again by the prolific comer himself, who seems to have already spent all of his energy, Celius. That was a lot of work, man. Ah, uh, I, I see, I see. I know, it, it's rough. It's Somebody's got to yell, but it's a rough job. But of course, ladies and gentlemen, this is of course the Thursday Night Hangouts, a live show. We try our best to cover the topics most important to you. If at any point during the show you want to add to the discussion, be it your opinions, or perhaps you have a topic or a subject that you'd like for us to discuss, please drop it in the chat and we will add it to the show. If we unfortunately run out of time during this show, we will add your topic or question to the very next show. So, without further ado, let's get into some of the news. There's news. All right, the first thing is, uh, ladies and gentlemen, Alter Confusion has a really good friend who makes really good pencil and paper RPGs. And I just want, I keep forgetting to say this, but I've got, I just received, uh, maybe a couple of weeks ago, the latest iteration. And that, of course, is Code Warriors by Nerdburger Games. So I just want to just give a quick shout out to Nerdburger Games and Code Warriors, which I have the book right here. Upgrade your code, avoid deletion, survive the collapse, rebuild your world. Life of the system was simple. Every program had a job and every job was important, or so it seemed. It was an ordered society that functioned well, or so it seemed. Then the collapse began. The system is breaking down. Chaos reigns. Aberrants abound. The old structures are gone. Everything is falling apart. In some places, literally. Now you, program, can be whomever and whatever you want to be. And that's a good thing because the system needs you. This may be the end. Will you say goodbye, world? Or will you fight for a new one? And I, of course, uh, bought at the... Uh, at a higher level, so I got really fancy, um, I think there's, yeah, D8s, and we lost Zelius again, but that's okay. I got some really fancy D8s, let's see if I could get one of them out here to show off. Um, gosh, this thing is really in here. There we go. So here's the fancy D8, I don't know if, if it's actually going to capture, oh yeah, that captures pretty good on the camera. So there's, I've got six of those to play with. And it comes in this fancy little tin called Code Warriors 6D8 Dice Set. So if you want more information about Nurburger Games, you can, of course, Google it. Or you could just go to, I'm going to try to get this up uh, real quick here, Nurburger Games. Uh, I will drop the, the link in the chat. But literally, it is Nurburger Games, all one word. And you, too can check out the fun of games like Capers and uh, Merson Acquisitions and Good Strong Hands and Code Warriors, Die Laughing. Uh, I'm trying to think of what the other ones I've played. Yeah, I think that's it. Uh, I, there's a couple other ones, but I haven't actually played them, so I'm sure they're freaking amazing, and I would love to you know play them someday, but... I have not played them yet, so I can't really speak up on that uh, as a tour. Okay, since Zelius seems to have been eaten by the internet gods, I will continue. 
Ladies and gentlemen, I know we are in the year 2023, and we are capable of seeing and playing amazing video games. But, as many of you have probably noticed, there are video games out there that get killed or canceled uh, every single year. And there is, um, there's already a list of some games that have already seen the axe. Uh, now, a couple of them are mobile renditions of existing games, uh, which, to be totally honest with you, I kind of understand if you're trying to port a, a successful PC or console game to a mobile device, how that may not go well. And so companies may want to uh, cut their losses. Um, but still, you know, it, it, it does suck when you have the bigger name... Uh, companies dropping games that maybe some people are really interested in such as let me see if i can get this right here oh that's the wrong window um let's see there is apex legend mobile there's also battlefield mobile which of course i'm sure uh our good friend sam grizzle would be possibly into although he's probably spent he'd probably uh just continue to play the way that he wants to play uh, but there's also like a bunch of Square Enix games. And uh, of course, they, on this list that I found, they're like, yeah, the Google Stadia and all of their games that were supposed to come out this year. Of course, the Google Stadia is dead. It's been dead since last month. But here, here's here's the, the thing. Um, we are at the start of the year, and I hate to say this, but this kind of news is going to come out all year long. There's going to be games that are going to be canceled. There are going to be games that get delayed. And then there's also the that wonderful, wonderful, um, uh, what do you call it? Um, designation of delayed indefinitely. They don't want to say that it's been canceled, but they're not willing to actually say that the, the game uh, will never come out. Of course, the the one of the infamous games that was, I don't know, did Zelis did did StarCraft Ghost ever truly get canceled? Can you actually be canceled if you never actually announced in the first place? It was announced. Was it actually announced? Uh huh. It was. Ooh. So it was um, uh, uh, what was the other Blizzard project? Project Titan, which I think was really like the code for like a StarCraft, World of Warcraft type of thing. So a World of StarCraft, I guess. I remember actually being official, though. I thought it was always just like a rumor, like it's going to happen someday. It's going to be amazing. I, 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 want, to, I want to say that at some point that, that StarCraft Ghost was tentatively announced. Anyways. Maybe. Anyways, I mean, what you know, the, the moral of the story, or I guess the sad end of the story is there are going to be games out there that it's going to have a bunch of hype behind it. Um, and like I said, if it's, if it's like a port of a game, I, I mean, I am slightly saddened if it's, if that port was going to one of my preferred consoles, but at the same time, it's not like that game is 100% dead versus games that are maybe brand new, fresh IPs that get canned before they could truly see the light of day. And that's what kind of makes me sad. Well, think about it. I mean, you see that so much now, like with all the early access games, 
So it's like with the big developers, you see like an official cancellation, but how many early access games do we see that, you know, they're in early access and then just kind of die, basically. True. And they just never quite see the light of day for, you know, whatever reason. So I think it's, you know, it's been happening and it's going to continue to happen. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, it, it's it's the now that we're in this wonderful age where information comes like instantaneously to us, we learn a lot more about the potential games that could be in the pipeline. And so we also learn a lot more about the games that never get to see the live day. Whereas, you know, back in the early 2000s or uh, maybe mid 90s, if you weren't subscribed to like the PC gaming magazine or the Nintendo power or the, whatever the PlayStation magazine, you wouldn't yep. know about some of the games that are coming out. you only really know about them from like word of mouth or when you walk into a game store and you're like, Ooh, this looks cool. Yeah, no, that, there's definitely part of that. And you only, or if you had like advertisements, obviously. Yeah. Um, but even then, you know, really only the AAA titles at the time were really doing their advertising. Right. Um, that you'd see, whereas now you can see, you know, indies, especially like on Facebook and other platforms, are getting their advertising, which is actually how I found some games I've played over the years, is through like indies doing their advertising. Yeah. That's true. Um, but, you know, I, 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 where did I pull that list from? I think it was Polygon where I pulled the list from that they were talking about games that have already been killed. Gonna be honest with you, none of them were like, "Oh my god, that sucks!" I I was so looking forward to that game. There's there was like one interesting one, like, "Damn, that would have been interesting to check out." But most of them, like, okay. Well, so many of them are like a number of them were basically like the cross platform port, but it right. was not actually a port. It was like a Oh, let's see if we can make a quick buck off of this game. Yeah, like a dumbed down, a slightly dumbed down version. Yeah, I see that a lot. Yeah, <laughs> but you know, it's it, this is not this is just the first round. There's going to be so many more games that could be canceled, and hopefully, the games that I'm looking forward to are not games that are going to be canceled. Because if they are, I'm going to get really, really sad. What games are you looking forward to? That would give uh, there's a game. I, I need to pull. I think I've got it on my wish list on Steam. So I'm gonna take a quick peek here to make sure that I get the. Well, do I have? Oh yeah, I do have Steam open. Okay, good. Um, let me see if I got. It. I hope I have it on my wish list because that would make it so much easier instead of trying to fumble around exactly. The let's see here. Do 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 do. Oh man, come on, Charlie. Come on, you can do it. I'm trying to go. I'm trying to scroll as fast. I've got my wish list has gotten just out of hand. So it just keeps getting longer and longer and longer. Sacred, uh, uh sac sacred fire. A game that I talked about, uh, maybe a couple shows ago that's hmm. coming out on the Switch and also on the PC, and it's still to be announced. So that's. You know, when you when you got a game that's TBA, that's that's the uh, that's the danger zone. So like 2025. Well, it's supposed to come out. It's supposed to come out at the beginning of the year, but we're we're past the beginning of the year, 
and they don't have 2023 attached to it now. Beginning of which year? There are many years to be had. Uh, it was supposed to be 2023. Ah. But anyways, so, you know, we'll see. Um, yeah, we'll see. Um, a quick update. Um, I have finally rendered the uh, interview uh, with Dan Schroeder, um, the author that I interviewed at Chattacon. I'm just waiting for his confirmation to look at the video and make sure that he likes it, and then I will post it for everyone to enjoy. Very nice, very nice. Indeed. I, it's, um, I, I, I should not have taken me this long, um, and for that I apologize, but I, I'm going to get my ass in gear and start pumping some shit out. So, wow, that came out wrong. But anyways. Yeah, we don't need your ass on this channel. I don't need to be pumping out shit. Um, well, yeah. I mean, technically every human needs to. Yeah, but no, no webcams in your bathroom, please. Let's let's move on, shall we? Probably best bet. All right. So um, Zelius uh, brought up a uh, that he finally broke down and watched a movie that was based off of a video game IP. And as predicted, because it was made in the good old U.S. of A, it was Hollywoodized out to shit. And literally, it was, it, correct me if I'm wrong, but I felt it feels like it was almost only uh, in name only. Like, it was just so bad. Like, you, so what, what movie was it? Monster Hunter. Mm -hmm. Like, they spent, like, the first quarter of the movie was some... Thing about the u.s army it had every every freaking movie that has some kind of like video game or nerdy uh uh connotation or subject the u.s army's got to be involved transformers being like, like the big one i hate it because you have to, like they wanted a story of how this person came to the monster hunter universe but then there's like these like annoying action scenes of like jeeps flipping because sure, let's have jeeps explode and have all this stuff, and like, you know, I, I think of Monster Hunter. I think of like big ass swords yep. that they're wielding and slashing. You saw like a grand total of like three swipes at monsters the entire fight. The training montage that you know what's going to come, so that Neil Djokovic learns how to fight is like seventy five percent plus into the movie, um, and like. Then you, what is it? Tony Jaws, the guy, mm -hmm. and he obviously has chops, but you see him fight. Like there's certain like monsters that they don't even fight. They like get stuff from them because they got to get the poison to kill the big bad monster. But it's not even like really a fight. Mm -hmm. You know, you think of Monster Hunter and it's like, you ever play Monster Hunter? Like, you know, there are these drawn out fights where you have to have like strategy. Okay. in poison, sure. Um, but like, you know, you're hacking at it to like, you know, you chop off its leg and then its arm because you got to get these different components. And there's just like none of the actual fighting mm -hmm. or monster hunting actually happens. And it's just so. I think of like the original Mortal Kombat, right? And the reason people still like it is it just jumped into fucking Mortal Kombat, right? I, yes, you had the origin story. I get it. You had like how planet Earth, but like, boom, straight. Hell, you had the military. But it was straight to the point. It wasn't like spending like half of the movie like figuring out how to actually get to the action. It's just like, okay, there's the military backstory, boom, you get to it, fighting shit happens. 
Well, the thing is, like with Mortal Kombat, there what there is a military person that's that's in the freaking cast. It's not like, True. by the way, let's add the U.S. military because otherwise, I don't think people will truly appreciate this movie. Actually, you well, know what? Well, supposed to play like a monster, and like so much of it was devoted to the military part. Where like, was I watching Black Hat Down again, and I missed the memo? Like, you know, Saving Private Ryan, Black Hat Down, yep. Band of Brothers, No Pearl Harbor. They're great, but like, why are they in my Monster Hunter movies? Here, like, here's here's my like, theory. Here's my theory. Uh, the 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 um, the United States military armed forces actually give them like monetary breaks if they include include the army like, in a good light. Oh, well, okay. Spoiler alert! Yeah, all but one person from the military dies. <gasps> no, I know. Um, it's just so frustrating. We're <laughs> It should have been easy to do because they obviously had the budget for it. They had big old CGI effects. They had the big old monster. And the worst part of it is the very end of it. Mm -hmm. It's like four of them because you play a monster hunter. You can get like a party of four to go attack the monster. They get their group with their big swords and their big weapons. And they're going to go attack the monster. Roll the credits. Ah. Seriously? Yay! That's like, that's how I want my movie to end. Like, seriously, like what should have been like the penultimate like fight scene? Roll the credits. Like, do they actually do like test audiences with people who actually watch or play the video game? Probably not. I know the answer is no, but the problem is okay. I get it. You want to get a wider audience, sure, whatever. But if it's a bad movie it doesn't really help like that's the problem it just wasn't a good movie even all the monster hunter chicanery aside and well lack of monster hunter i should say right it just wasn't really that good of a movie like it didn't know what it wanted to be it's been like a third of the movie being like a military movie it spends a third of a movie with like people who don't speak the same language learning to communicate with each other and then the last third was like a, oh, we guess she should learn how to fight monsters, which she barely even does. Um, how shatastic Monster Hunter the movie is and how it's just an abomination of which should not have, like, okay, here was, but um, Anderson directed the movie. He's directed the Resident Evil movies with, of course, Milo Djokovic's wife yep. doing it. So it's shown that he can actually do like the Resident Evil movies are enjoyable and they're about Resident Evil yep. and you get to the plot. So it's shown that they, they can do video game adaptations. This one was just terrible. But, like, but, but here's, but here's the, but here's the thing. Once again, in the Resident Evil, there is a military component to it. And so when, when we get that military presence, it's not unexpected. When you're playing, you know, a a um, a fantasy game set in a world where, you know, you you're basically, in order to make a living, you have to destroy these humongous monsters with these humongous weapons and turn in their skin and teeth and all that stuff. 
That has nothing to do with the United States military. <laughs> True, and I agree. But the problem is, is even like following the Monster Hunter story, which what's about, okay, there's not a Monster Hunter story. I totally get that. You make your own but story. But even following Monster, Monster Hunter video game, outside of that, it just was not a good movie. Right. Even if it, if it was just Monster Hunter and the franchise didn't exist, you just had a movie about hunting monsters, it just wasn't good. That's the problem. Like, it just was not very interesting. Like, yeah. Um, yeah, that, that that's the whole thing. Yeah. And the Monster Hunter games, not bad. I played them. I played Monster Hunter the games and the free-to-play one. I forget what it's called. There's like a free-to-play online. Mm-hmm. Well, it's obviously a competitor. I can't remember what it's called. But I played that too. And they're fun. I'm terrible at them. Once you actually still have to start having strategy and not just being balls to the wall, I stop playing. Uh, but they're not bad. No, I play. I I got one like on heavy discount on the Switch, and I didn't actually get to play it. Uh, my my eldest son played a little bit of it, and he seemed it's he seemed. I mean, he he would he played the game like Zelius, where it's like, oh, dialogue, skip, 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 skip. Where's the action? Skip, skip. Okay, let's kill some b- bad guys. Well, you're not playing Monster Hunter for the storyline, to be fair. <laughs> I know. But I mean, that is not a storyline type of No, game. but it may behoove you to at least read the, the, the conversation or the dialogue that's basically setting up all your buttons. Well, okay, that's a fair point. Yes. <laughs> so it's like, like, like I, don't I, don't care. Facts, I don't care. How do you strategy? Yes. Yeah. No, no. That's true. I agree but, anyways. but yeah, it's <clears throat> Hollywood, so like, Hollywood has Hollywood has a terrible track record of just screwing with IPs they don't understand. It's like I was excited. I was like, sweet, I'm gonna get to see Mel Djokovic and Tony Jaw go fuck up some monsters. Mm-hmm. No. No. Just, no. no. There was even like a lack of like cool monster deaths. Yeah, I mean, I there's just. I'm trying to remember. I think it's on Crunchyroll. Yeah, I think it's Crunchyroll. There's like a, there's like a Monster Hunter like offshoot where it's, it's these. They don't actually hunt the monsters. They train them. Pokemon. No, 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 no. It's actually it's set in the Monster Hunter world. The uh, Monster Hunt. It's it's like Monster Hunter riders or something like that um where uh they they battle like they still battle like um evil monsters but they also ride on the monsters they make them pets um see that not bad you know it's it's not exactly what's the video you know the video games but still it's it's still in the realm of possibility it sounds like there's more monster hunting and monster fighting than the movie yeah, I'm sure there is. I mean, I watched like I think we watched four episodes, and there was uh, at least two of the episodes were uh, dominated by uh, having to kill monsters that were under the influence of some kind of dark power. Sounds reasonable. So let's see here. That was uh, uh, let's see, let's, let's say roughly each episode is 21 minutes. So in 82 minutes. Uh, there were two massive fights that probably spanned about, I don't know, a sixth of those 82 minutes. And then they also had a lot of like story development and all that stuff to add to it. So 
you know. There you go. And I believe we lost Zelius again. Oh, there he is. Am I still here? Yeah, you're still here. I think Zelius you just need to like move a little bit more or something because it's it's really hard. You you go stock still for time to time, like, oh crap. <laughs> like just keep talking and, and hope that he, you know, blinks or something. God dang. Did I disconnect this time or <laughs> did I just freeze? So but yeah. Like, this is freezing. Okay, so um, there was some news that came out uh, either today or yesterday, which is really interesting. Um, first of all, Zelix, have you ever seen uh, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse? I have not. Okay. I've heard it's good. It's it's a phenomenal movie, and basically the, the gist of it is that something happens that basically pulls in different variations of Spider-Man into one reality. So you have... Um, there's... There's a, it's called Spider-Ham, which is a pig. Uh, that's basically Spider-Man. You have uh, Gwen Stacy uh, as uh, Spider-Man. Then you have like your normal Peter Parker. There's Miles Morales, which is the, that's the one that it's it's centered around. Uh, there was also kind of like this um, anime, like mech type spider. Um creation and then there's also one called spider-man noir which was uh voiced by nicholas cage and it was a he it was basically if you put spider-man in kind of like the the gritty old school detective um kind of universe so he's got you know the the detective hat with the the trench coat and um so dick tracy kind of yeah kind of like dick tracy but where but only in black and white and, um, and he has, he still has some Spider-Man powers, like he still web sling and stuff, but it's more, it's more, you know, uh, you dirty rotten scoundrels. I got to clean the streets type of, you know, environment. Well, anywho, they've just announced, uh, that there's going to be a Spider-Man noir TV show and that's going to be live action, which I'm not exactly sure how that's going to go, but. It's interesting. <clears throat> what service is it on, or is it supposed to be on? I don't. I don't know. I I'm, I was trying to figure that out before the. Um. I was trying to figure out exactly where, and it really doesn't. The announcement really doesn't outline it. However, I it looks like maybe. Oh wait wait wait! Here it is. Here it is. It's, it's gonna be on uh, Amazon Prime. It's uh, mm-hmm. uh, rain slick streets of 1930s New York. Of course, the question is always for me now. When you have a new series on any streaming service, do I even bother to watch season one or two? Touche, touche. And the answer to that is I don't know. I guess you know. To each their own. Uh, I is the journey matter more than the destination? I will admit that I there's definitely a couple series that have been doing the um, uh, what do you call it? Uh, they don't they don't drop them all at the same time. They 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 uh, stagger the releases. And I've I've fallen enough behind where I could finally binge watch uh, Chainsaw Man and the new Trigun uh, Trigun uh, Stampede. And what's the other one that that I need to catch up on? Damn. Have you watched season two of Rector or uh, Ragnarok? 
No, I need to watch that one. Oh, and then I also need to watch the uh, Vox Baki- uh, Machina. Ah, ah, see, and that's uh, Clark in the audience. Clark goes the last Vox Machina uh, is coming out tonight. And I've watched, I think I watched the first one, first or first two episodes. And um, I kind of want to go back and rewatch the first season because I feel like I, I forgot something between now and when I finished the series the first time or the finished season one, which I might have to do for like a magic recap somewhere. Mm, I don't think so. Um, but uh, I might I might have to do that with uh, Legend of Ragnarok as well because I I kind I remember parts of it, but there's remember. Gods and humans fight each other and big crazy things. No, happen. I know, I know, and I know that some of the the uh the selected um n- not god people are like biblical characters. Uh, uh Adam, yep. Yep. Which was weird. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but it it's is. a fun show though. I enjoy oh, it. Oh yeah, no, no, it's 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 a great show. Um uh, I did I have now finally accomplished my goal of catching 100% up on the show Archer. Oh. Uh, I, of course, have caught up all the way on Rick and Morty as well. You need like a little like achievement unlocked button for this. <laughs> I know. I, I just sh- just have like have like a, a screen in the back that just shows, you know, my my uh, my my accomplishments like in Steam. We could have like for each show like this week's accomplishments. <laughs> yep. Like this is what Charlie did. No, I think I'd be. I would. I think I'd be like, God damn! Did I really watch that much this week? All right. It's impressive, man. Yeah. You're proud of your accomplishments, mm. however shallow they may be. Oh boy. Yeah. So, anyways, um, there's going to be rolling back onto topic. There is going to be a live action Spider-Man Noir uh, that's going to be on Amazon Prime. They, of course, they just announced it, so God only knows um, when that will actually happen. And since they're going to do live action, be very interesting to see how they cast it. And also, is it going to be black and white? Because that's the styling. Questions. That's the style. I mean, that's really what Spider-Man Noir, which, by the way, Noir is French for black. It'd be really weird if it was in full color. Really weird. By the way, I know we talked about this a while ago. Yeah. Um, but you're correct. Blizzard in 2002 actually did have an official press release for StarCraft Ghost. Yeah, knew it. Where that was supposed to bring bringing the legendary fright franchise to consoles was the intent of it. Aha. Aha. So yeah, I was like, huh, it does exist. I knew it. <laughs> I knew it. So, since we're on the topic of um, uh, TV series and stream TV series, uh, recently Netflix came out and said they have never canceled a successful TV show. And to Ooh, that, I call to piss me off tonight with the stories shenanigans. Celius, let's let's hear your feelings. Um, so the two shows that I watch that have been canceled, one is Warrior Nun, and then the other is, oh my gosh, I can picture it in my head. Wix Saga? Yes. 
Um, yeah, so those two were canceled. They're fun. And like, uh, uh, yeah, it's just pissing because they're all they were like unique, interesting shows. Like I could watch NCIS and CSIs, and they're all kind of the same after a while. Mm-hmm. Um, but you only get so many unique type of like fantasy type of shows or sci-fi for that matter. So anytime those kind of shows are canceled, it makes me a little bit sad because there's just not a whole lot like theirs. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm kind of sad about that. Um, I'm not surprised. Unfortunately, um, I know that warrior none was on the fence for season two already. So that was not surprising, but I thought actually the wink saga would have been more popular. Mm-hmm. Um, cause apparently it was not successful and therefore it's canceled. See, I think, I think the, the problem is what is your definition of successful? Because as as many of us know, there was a series that literally blew everyone's mind, Sandman, and it took forever, in my mind, was successful right out of the gate. Like, oh my God, they've got to make more. And Netflix is like, well, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Because the, the fact of the matter is that even though it stayed in like the top 10 for a long time, it's a very expensive show. So I understand that. So the question is, how do you... How the hell does you, you factor that in? Like, how, how do you determine the success of the, I'm, I'm, yes, I'm guessing like per views, but at the same time, like there's well, got to be a different set of per views for a more expensive show. The problem you're going to start running into now is self-fulfill, self-fulfilling prophecies mm-hmm. and that Netflix, they've been doing this for a while. It's not like it just started with these shows. Yeah. For a while now, they've been canceling or being close to canceling shows after one or two seasons. And so inevitably, viewers are going to be like, well, you know, let's just say, you know, a new, I don't know. Witchblade. I'm just making something up. Witchblade, the comic series, comes to live action. Mm -hmm. And, well, you know, maybe I'll watch season, but you know what? I'm going to wait to see if it's canceled before I watch it because I don't want to invest that time into just one season. Netflix sees that and they cancel it because people aren't watching it. So the problem is, is if they start canceling all the shows, people are going to be less inclined to watch the new shows. Or like Clark said, people don't watch the new shows because they know they won't stick around and I 100% agree. Um, And that's the other thing it does is when shows... New shows that are on Netflix that I've enjoyed, like Warrior None and Wing Saga, when they become canceled, like, why do I even have a Netflix subscription now? Right. Like, if they're going to be canceling the shows I enjoy, well, then I might as well kind of probably cancel my subscription. And, you know, six months from now, I'll pick it up again and watch, like, the three shows they actually still make, cancel it again. Um and like The Last Kingdom, that was another show I watched. All that, well, that wasn't canceled, at least, at least made to the last season. Yeah. So some of these shows where I'm like, well, if they're not even making shows I really got invested in on Netflix, what's kind of the point? Um, it's kind of where I'm getting at now with Netflix. And maybe I pick up, you know, the Hulu or the Crunchyroll that I don't have. I know people do it where they kind of flip flop back and forth. Right. Um, well, I mean, for, for Crunchyroll, They've got uh, the simulcast seasons that you could jump on, you know, watch or catch up on 
whatever the the they're simultaneously streaming and and showing off in Japan, mm. and you can just cancel it and and wait for the next season to come out and then rinse and repeat. Yep, I totally understand. And and, and yes, you're absolutely right. We're we're now at a time where, um, even if it looks like a cool idea, does not mean that it's going to succeed. And, and a lot of the shows, um, be for better, or for worse, don't get to see that second season or they get to see the second season. And because people really haven't got into the first season, um, you know, like the retention rate is, you don't get that, that influx of new viewers. You have the people who actually, I guess, chanced it <laughs> to watch the first season and then, you know, maybe you convince, you know, each viewer convinces like one other friend to watch it. That's that's still not enough of a, you know, a, a viewer increase to warrant a third season. Yeah. So it's. Yeah. It, it, it is what it is. It could be it's sad, but at the same time, it's reality. It's just like video games. I mean, you know, there's some amazing video games that. um that blow people's minds, but because either bad advertisement or maybe there's no replay value, you got you don't get as many eyes on it, and so it kind of goes flies under the radar or gets canned. You know, it took forever to get a second Beyond Good and Evil. Even Beyond Good and Evil is freaking amazing, but it wasn't a critical success. It took a lot. Sorry, of- they didn't make a Madden franchise out of it. Oh Jesus Christ. Or Call of Duty. Or Battlefield. Any or, of those. Um, now, now, of course, I play FIFA. No, FIFA would count. It comes out all the time. Yeah, so. Legend of Dragoon. Ooh. Yeah, there's another game that... That uh, d- didn't get as much love as it should have. Actually, yeah, there's a lot of games that didn't get as much love as they should have. But such is well, I think I think nowadays because we're on a, a more I mean, we're we're on a digital distribution platform. I think there's a better chance of games the unfortunate thing, the unfortunate thing is that games cost more to make now, but there's a better chance for some of those hidden gems to actually see a um a sec a sequel whereas you know back in the early 2000s the the real you know i guess kicking the nuts or last nail in the coffin for a lot of these games was the fact that the vast majority of the time that this game was being played was being played as a used game and so those statistics do are not going towards the publisher or developer so it does that so you know the amount of games sold is much much smaller than the actual uh playing base so but as i've stated very very many times i'm very happy about digital distribution systems but at the same time it has allowed such a crazy ass influx of shovelware it's not even funny i think the trade-off is worth it i think i'd rather have the opportunity, I mean, think of all the games we played, especially on Steam that are the indie games. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. That, you know, 10, 20 years ago, we would not have got some of these really cool games that we played. So I think to me, it's a fair, 
you know, I, I will take that trade off. Oh, so will or I. at least now I have the opportunity to play games I would not have otherwise got to have played. Also, uh, a nice benefit is that you didn't have to drive to the brick and mortar store because uh, digital distribution. So literally all you got to do is, you know, log into Steam or log on to your console and you could purchase the game there. You didn't have to worry about driving to the store and then they're being sold out of copies. Well, as somebody who is the bargain bin shopper, that was never really an issue for me. Oh, yeah, well, true. Okay. Touche. I mean, I, but at the same time, I do kind of miss the physical store at times. Like there was something about seeing, you know, the rows of games and like the box art and the yes. physical nature of it. It's not a day that I need to come back. It's not coming back. I'm happy with that. But, you know, there is a little bit of that I do miss. Well, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll fully admit that that I, I could I I feel you on that one. There was a, there was a time when I was um, at full sale where me and my buddies would play play a game called uh, empty out your change trays in your car. And we'd count up the money, and then we would find a bargain bin game that cost that much. We'd buy it, and then we would attempt to play it. <laughs> That's awesome. So, yeah, I feel you on that one. Yeah. Um, but, you know, by the same token, it's also nice to be able to go on Steam and look at the, you know, sales and the mm -hmm. ratings mm -hmm. and all these other criteria and facts you didn't have 20 years ago. Um, True. So there's also that trade-off. True. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to pause real quick to do the shout outs of these wonderful, amazing individuals who help Alter Confusion be Alter Confusion. And that, of course, is the friends of the show. So without further ado, let us start it off the way we always do. And that, of course, is the Indie Cluster. The Indie Cluster is an organization of independent game developers that want to experience to gain exposure by being involved in the community. They collectively journey to popular conferences as a traveling booth to help gain attention for their games. They make partnerships in local communities to bring games to the, mind the mainstream mindset. They, they highlight local, unusual, and rare concepts to challenge the paradigm of the common. They also host events to teach kids and minority groups about game development to hopefully one day enter the industry themselves. For more information, go to IndieCluster.com. Now, of course, the next shout-out we've got to give is to the one and only Noodle Boy Media. Founded in 2015 by Andrew Tran, Noodle Boy Media, previously Wet Kid 47 Media, is your choice for professional photo shoots and panel recordings at conventions. They pride themselves in providing a high level of professionalism, top-notch experiences, and quality services. If you want more information and to view their full list of services, check out Facebook.com slash Media today. The next one is especially beneficial to anyone who lives in the greater Atlanta area and is an, a gamer who maybe gets some uh, some aches in their back and their basically their whole body because of the amazing amount of gaming you put in. And that, of course, is Hero Chiropractic. Hero Chiropractic is a unique healthcare practice set up by Ryan Moore. The company's focus to elevate a patient's experience of freedom, creative expression, and joy. They believe that everyone can be a hero and has incredible heroic potential inside themselves waiting to be unleashed. Hero Chiropractic focuses on mobile chiropractic care in the greater Atlanta area. They are committed to healing clients by creating a plan of action uniquely suited for each person. They make that plan of action as convenient and affordable as possible, and most importantly, suited to your individual needs. For more information, go to HeroChiropractic.com. 
Now, the next shout-out we got to give is to the maestro himself. That, of course, is Crosspad Creative. Need a new logo or want to work on a full branding and content strategy? Or maybe you need music or audio for your content, just like Alter Confusion. Crosspad Creative offers a whole host of solutions for individuals and small businesses. Just email josh at crosspadcreative at gmail.com and see what he can do for you. Now, the final shout-out we got to give is to... The OG, the first one who truly became a friend of the show, and that, of course, is Agile Axiom. By day, Axe leads both the development team and system administration team working with satellites at NASA's Goddard campus. But while not in meetings and many times during, he is the Agile Evangelist Agile Axe, championing the philosophy of Agile and trying to make the world a better place for software developers, testers, system admins, and software projects the world over. Decades of experience in software development and leading Agile teams are brought to bear against evil processes, inefficient work, and bad habits. For more information, go to agileaxiom.com. And if you need a little bit more of an incentive, not only has Ax got this website, but he's also got this phenomenal book called Is That Agile? Common Processes for Development Teams that you can get at Amazon today. Now... I know that all of you are just dying to know, well, I want to be a a friend of the show. How do I become a friend of the show? Ladies and gentlemen, I'm happy to tell you that Alter Confusion survives on the love of support of people like you. And that is why we have a Patreon page. Patreon allows you, the lovers, the haters, the supporters, the zombies, the the demigods, the gods, the vampires, the dinosaurs, and so much more to become active participants in the stuff that we love. Ladies and gentlemen, Alter Confusion has two different tiers that you can apply to. There is the $1 a month tier. That's $1 a month or $12 a year tier. And what that will get you is early access to all of our playthroughs as well as Patreon-only um, posts to help shape the future of Alter Confusion. Now, if you're feeling a little bit frisky, uh, you could go up to the $5 a month tier. That's $5 a month or $60 a year. And not only will that get you everything at the $1 tier, but they will also gain you uh, a shout out for your name or organization every single Thursday night hangout. So if you want to become a patron of Alter Confusion, go to Patreon. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash Altered Confusion. And I have to say that I'm pretty freaking impressed with myself because I couldn't actually find my script for patron, Patreon. So I had to basically pull that out of my my booty. Look at you and your mental fortitude, sir. I know. I know. I am so impressed with myself. You too have a brand. Ha ha. Surprise. It works. Okay. So, um, oh, shoot. I just lost the other topic. Hold on. Oh my gosh. Damn it. Now I'm now I'm pissed because I just lost the, the other topic I had. Zealus, why don't you why don't you talk for a second while I try to f- pull back this, this topic that I that I accidentally closed? So I actually started playing a game that you may be interested in. Uh-huh. Um called V Rising. Oh, it's yeah. a, a um isometric rpg and the idea is is it's a survival craft building style Mm -hmm. um so you have the rpg elements we gotta go and fight things 
level up their given, and then you also build your vampire castle. But the deal is, which could actually make it interesting if you ever wanted to team up, is you can play single player, you can create private servers, or you can play in private public servers. Meaning, like, you can fully play single player, or you can create, like, a server to play with your friends, and so if they ever join up, it just kind of continues where it left off. Interesting. It's a very interesting game. Um, I think it's worth for you to check out, just saying. Uh, Clark asks if we've played Hogwarts Legacy, and the quick answer is no, we have not. Um, one is, uh, for for me personally, I, I want to wait and see what everyone thinks before I jump in. It seems like an interesting idea, and I am, and Zelius and I have talked about this several, several times. Um, we are not going to, oh, Clark says it's surprisingly good. Well, there you go. Uh, we're, we are Here's, here's the thing that, that people need to understand. By supporting, by buying Hogwarts Legacy, yes, of course, J.K. Rowling is going to get some of the royalties because she created Harry Potter. But the vast majority of that money is going to go towards the developers and the publishers of the game who do not, hopefully, fingers crossed, share the same view views as J.K. Rowling's. So I understand that you know you you there are individuals out there who are very much against J.K. Rowling's and her views. That's that's cool. But I do not want to penalize individuals who just made a game. Um, I think at this point, most people are kind of cool with that in a way. Yeah. I mean, it's on Twitch. It's no surprise. It's the number one viewed game right now. However, um, uh, the you're on the I think it's the Reddit thread. You're not yeah. allowed to talk about J.K. Rowling. Which is weird. I did see that, which I totally get, honestly, yeah. because otherwise you wouldn't be able to talk about the game. Um, and it would just become an endless cesspool of back and forth. Um, and like C. Clark said, um, I guess there's that's a redundancy. Um, everything I've heard about it, it's a solid RPG. Like, you know, even if you take the nostalgia of Harry Potter out, um, everything I've read is it's actually just a solid game. Um, so based on that, it is definitely hundred percent of my radar to actually look into, um, potentially after I get my playthrough of V rising, we'll see what happens. Um, because I'm also guessing based on the popularity of the game, it's not exactly a game that's going to come down like in price anytime soon. Um, so right. I'm going to guess it's going to be at that $60 value point for, you know, quite some time. Um, the big question for me would be uh, PC or PlayStation 5 version. Mm -hmm. It's always a tough decision in life. Um, I'm always curious if there will be any mods for the, for the uh, PC that mm -hmm. make it a little bit more of an interesting proposition because it is single player. So go all in with mods at that point. Yeah. Um, and that's what made Skyrim so popular or helped Skyrim to be so popular was the mod universe. Um, so I'm kind of curious of what will happen with the mods on it. Clark says he's heard some poor optimization on PC, which once again is one of the reasons to kind of hold back and, and wait for things to get ironed out. Um, yeah, it's, it seems like most games are optimized most for the consoles first. And then it's like, oh, yeah, we should probably sell it on the PC Steam store also. Well, I mean, the, the thing is, the, the 
this is one of the the benefits of having a console is that the developer knows exactly what the the statistics and and specs are going to be when it comes to a console. Whereas as a PC, you've got different video cards, you've got uh, a different amount of uh, uh, RAM and CPU, and there's like all these other variables that could change depending on the 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 user. Uh, and I know that I know for a fact that there are certain games that render better with an NVIDIA card versus uh, an AMD card and vice versa. And some games are absolutely unplayable if you have the wrong video card, even if it's like uber powerful. Well, that's just dumb. It is dumb. But the, the fun fact, um, when you create a game, if you ever created a game, uh, make sure that you test the game on different types of video cards. Because, oh my God, not everyone has that AMD card. I Wait, why would I test it? If it works on an AMD, it's going to work on NVIDIA, right? Isn't that just how it works? <laughs> no, that's not how it works. And I'm trying to remember, there was, there was oh God, this was maybe, I don't know, seven. 10 years, uh, maybe, yeah, maybe about seven years ago, there was a game. I can't remember if it was, if the developer only did it on AMD or only on NVIDIA, but like the game played amazing on one of them. And it was just like absolute crap in a clogged toilet with the other video card. I mean, the frame well, rate was like three. That's kind of dumb. Yes. Yes. I mean, I, I could go, I could jump a little bit further down the rabbit hole for more like developer uh, type individuals uh, with like the, the different types of um, software, but I'm going to, I, I, will, I will stop myself because it's probably not the right audience to go in depth with that. But there are different rendering systems that, that um, if you're not careful and your program doesn't check for it, it will cause all kinds of weird ass issues. Well, you know, video games and online stuff and weird-ass issues, they're just meant to be. At this point, yeah. I mean, you you got to expect there's going to be weird-ass issues because we're, we live in a world where things can be patched at the drop of the hat. Hopefully, those patches get tested, but we've seen that that's not always the case either. Touche. You just never know, man. But, yeah, it's that is definitely the game that is on my mind. Yeah. Um, the other, surprisingly, because mm -hmm. uh, everything I've heard is actually will not be fantastic, is Diablo Four. I'm I'm going to hold off on that. No, I'm 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 holding. I'm holding. Yeah. It's not like I'm going to be like day one, but basically everything I've seen about it is it's like the anti Diablo Immortal. Hmm. Which Diablo Immortal sucked. Uh. It's not very good. Try how, it. How, how's it? Uh, my my question, since I well, I mean, I did play a little bit of Diablo Immortal, but my question is, how does it compare to Diablo Three? Am I going to have the the same aches and pains as the third one on the fourth? That's my question. Damn it! That is a good question, sir. Um, again, like most games, launch kind of sucks. Yeah, yeah. Especially when you have online gameplay. Um. That's definitely the big thing. Yeah, that 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 makes or breaks more games than people like to admit. 
Oh yeah. No, I totally get it. Um, so it is a good question. Yeah. Um, but that is, but it's on the horizon, but I'm definitely waiting for, uh, reviews, especially cause it's still a full price. Like that obviously always makes a difference. Absolutely. Um, speaking of pricing, uh, there is a rumor out there that the next um, Breath of the Wild or Breath of the Wild Two is going to have the starting price point of sixty nine ninety nine. I saw. Isn't that, that like the first like full seventy dollar game on the Switch? Yes. Yes, it is. Yeah. So uh, I'm going to be totally honest with you. Uh, if it's anything like Breath, the first Breath of the Wild, it's probably going to be worth the the $70 and that's not going to stop anyone from playing the game because Zelda is so much more hit than miss. Um, you know, but maybe that's just me. I mean, it is interesting how, you know, I mean, you think about the PC gaming marketplace or not just PC, but games in general, mm-hmm. and they have held pretty standard to that $60 new game rate, even with inflation and increased cost of production and everything else that's gone on. Um, so it sucks, but $70 was going to come eventually. Um, they are at just on top of, um, on top of the price point. Uh, they are saying for switch owners down up there, I guess out there <clears throat> who are going to get this digitally, um, it is going to be 18.2 gigs, which I know doesn't seem like that much for like the consoles or some of the PC games out there, but that's the biggest, um, that's the largest, uh, file for any first party game on the switch. Yeah. I downloaded it the other day. Didn't, I played it for like 10 minutes. got bored. Mm-hmm. <laughs> ESO online. Mm-hmm. And that was like 110 gigabytes. It's ridiculous. Yeah. And then I was like, wow, I forgot the combat in this game is really boring. Well, it's like um, uh, The Witcher 3 on Steam is, um, let me make sure that I get this right here. Um, let's see, Witcher 3. Uh, that's, well, that's fifty seven, almost 58 gigs. So, yeah, like... So most platforms are like, ooh, 18, that's nothing. But the Switch, that's that's a big, that's a really big size. That's basically your entire, you you have to use an expansion card. Oh, God, yes, yeah. Unless you take everything off of your Switch. I don't think it's, or just get the the cartridge version, probably easiest, honestly. Yes, yeah, because that would, yeah. That's what I have for original Breath, the original Breath of the Wild, that's, Add the cartridge version. That's uh, that's what I have as well. Yeah, yeah. It's it's interesting when it comes to the Switch. There's there is a reason to buy the physical copy, and that is that some of these games are just gigantic on the limited space you have on your Switch, and so you're better off with getting the cartridge. Yes, is it a pain in the ass to switch between games because you have to remove the cartridge, which is itty bitty. Uh, and then trying to keep track of the shit is is annoying, but at the same time, it takes a lot less space. So, yeah. 
what I feel like there was a game on the Switch that you actually were kind of cloud computing where the whole um, game wasn't on the system. Um, I wonder if there was like a Sonic Kingdom, game for some reason. Kingdom Hearts was cloud online. Oh, that's it. Kingdom Hearts. That's right. And I did not play it, but apparently it was a not great experience. I bet it wasn't. That seems like a really stupid idea. Maybe they should just leverage the stadium. Possibly. But the, look, here, here's the thing. When you think uh, uh, cloud computing, uh, you're thinking, you know, like like on the console, you're thinking Sony or Nintendo. I'm uh, sorry, Sony or Microsoft. I apologize, but Nintendo still has a problem with online heavy stuff. They, they, oh no, have, they're the worst. Yeah. They are, when it comes to online, they're just the worst. The, the only time that online really works is like in a Mario Kart game or something. Yeah. Yes. Mario Kart can be, I mean, Mario Kart, it's, it's a set track. Okay. It's, it's a lot easier to track than say like an open world experience. Even if it is a single player open world experience, trying to pull all the information up and down. Yeah. And then, of course, you have the ISPs who love to just stomp you in the nuts over and over and over again. It's the ransom payments I have the internet, sir. Yep. We must pay the toll. And what a mighty toll it is. Oof. But, anyways, uh, so Zelius, you. Um, that V rising, it's, I'm assuming it's gone gold now, right? It's not still in, or is it still in early access? It's still in early access. It's been an early, I mean, it's been in a good state to play for quite some time. Yeah. No, I've, mean, I've, I've heard good things about it. And, but I'm, <clears throat> it's, it's very rare for me to jump into an early access game. Um, uh, unless, unless it's got that big of a hype and <laughs> maybe I'm bored. Um, <laughs> From what I played so far, it's pretty freaking polished. Yeah. Um, and I like that. So there's other games like it, like for instance, like was it Ark, the dinosaur game? Yep, Ark. Where like same type of concept where mm-hmm. it's like you know, kind of big area. You have to build your own castle and like gather resources. Mm-hmm. Well, all those games like you're playing with a group of people who are going to screw you over. And that's one of the reasons when I was looking into V rising is especially like the first time you play it, you're basically playing on your own private server on your computer. Yeah. And so you can learn the ropes. Um, and I can figure out like, okay, like how do I actually play the game? Um, and for a single player experience, it's a fine experience. Mm-hmm. Um, and they do have like, it's, like the old school um, GameSpy version, where basically you don't, it's not like playing, you know, World of Warcraft where you connect to the Blizzard server. You basically connect to like sponsored servers mm-hmm. of E Rising. Mm-hmm. And so living between like four and 20 players, it could be more, I guess, depending on the server, but right, it's right. that type of old school network where it's like you're connecting to these old, ser- like individual servers, mm-hmm. and they can either be PVE or PVP. Interesting. So if you connect to a PVE server, mm-hmm. the other like vampires can't attack you, but you can still like work together and stuff. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. I'm still playing through, um, uh, lost and random. 
that, that is on my queue too, based on how you've talked about it. I've, I still, I, man, I, I'm getting, I feel like I'm getting close to the end and I'm, I'm getting really excited because I, I feel like I'm getting close to the end. Um, but I, I'm still digging the story. Um, uh, I, I, I've got, I'm, I'm having trouble trying to get like the, the perfect deck. Um, cause some, unfortunately some of the battles are being, because of the cards I have, they're being drawn out because there are certain, uh, when you get later in the game, there are certain enemies that you cannot touch. You have to range attack them or you have to what? attack them from range. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, so some there's there's a, there's quite a few things that you can do. There's like you can set a bomb and have it explode on them. That's fine. Or if you've got um, the bow and arrow, you can shoot them from there. But it's just a pain in the butt when you're trying to dodge everybody else and you're having to just keep this guy at arm's length because he's basically radiating like evil electric energy. And if you even Technically, you could hit him a little bit, but just hitting him is going to shock you and cause you damage. So, hmm. yeah. Uh, but uh, I still love the story. I, the The characters are really weird, but in a good way. So, yeah. Take a plan. Um, Zealus, do you have any uh, other stuff? I feel like I had something else, but I can't remember what it is now. So I'll just have to hold no, off. Just, just that, just, yeah, I did. Like I said, I tried playing ESO again, just be like, Hey, you know what? Mm -hmm. I played this game once upon a time. And like, maybe I've been split by like other actually RPG, even games or MMOs, whatever, yeah. but like just the moral wind, which is a moral wind MMO. So it makes sense. Right. But especially melee combat just feels sluggish. Mm -hmm. Like it's just not impactful. Mm -hmm. um, the mage isn't bad. Like the mage, like if I get like fight lightning bolts, mm -hmm. that's not the worst. But like the melee is just kind of like man. Um. So that's interesting. So that is one of the things I like about V Rising is the combat is impactful, and you actually have to like think about your combat. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um. Like I died to the second boss like four times. Damn. So you really kind of have to think about like, okay, how am I going to actually, you know, encounter this fight? You just can't run in, you know, Diablo style hacking and slashing and just win until you're up the difficulty. Right. It's definitely, you definitely have to think about, okay, what am I going to do in this game? Yeah. Um, but kind of like in a Dark Souls way, you can learn what to do and then defeat those bosses. Like, okay, I've done this a couple of times. What am I going to do not to screw it up this time? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. One mechanic, I don't, I get it. It's of course, um, vampires don't like sunlight. Mm -hmm. And of course there's 24 hours in a day. So there's about a third of the day where there's sunlight out. Mm -hmm. Or if you stand in the sun, it hurts you. And if you do it too long, you'll die. Uh, although I did just get a piece of equipment, which helped block the sun. So I'm like, that's nice to have. Suntan lotion. <laughs> SP um, 2000. Yeah, there's a lot of shading. So like if you're running 
and you see like the sun's coming from the east mm-hmm. and there's a you start burning up you're getting the shadow of the tree that like resets like an internal timer for when you're going to start burning up again gotcha gotcha there are ways around it so it's not like you just can't do anything for eight hours of the day right um but yeah it's a it's a very well thought out game mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i hear you man i hear you all right, ladies and gentlemen, I think we've reached the end. Oh, oh, before before I go, one of the other beautiful things about uh, Lost and Random is the fact that after you're done with your battle, your your HP does go back to full. So even if you're on death's doorstep, once you kill that final uh, uh, enemy in that instant, uh, you're back to full health. So do you think it's because it's not a roguelike? Yeah. Is because like that's the whole point of a roguelite, rogue light, yeah, right, yeah, is that you're going to die so yep. they don't reset your hit points. Yep, it's like dead cells. I, I mean, dead cells. You, it is is that rogue like game where you just try to go as far as you can, or or uh, what's the other game? Uh, rogue Legacy. You know mm-hmm. where you're just trying to go as far as you can, but you're going to sustain damage, and at some point you're going to finally fall over and die, and then. Yeah. Your in Rogue Legacy, your descendant will basically somehow magically get your items that you died wearing, and then you will uh, get some kind of enhancement or whatever, and then you know rinse and repeat. Yep. So, anyways, all right, ladies and gentlemen, I think we've reached the end of our show. I'd like to thank everyone for tuning into the Ultra Confusion Thursday Hangout for myself, Charlie, and Zelius. It's been a pleasure coming, giving you everything coming out of our heads, our mouths, and of course. Our hearts will be back next Thursday for another Ultra Confusion Thursday Night Hangout. Remember, kids, keep on gaming in the free world. Amen to that, brother.